0: Thanks to this season's presenting sponsor, Driscoll's. Only the finest berries. Hello, young chefs, and welcome back to Mystery Recipe. I'm Molly Birnbaum, editor-in-chief of America's Kitchen Kids.
1: And I'm Mitzi oven bit molly's right hand gal and co-host on the show
0: every week on mystery recipe we'll be talking about the fun fantastical and fascinating sides of a different kitchen ingredient
1: and at the end of the season we'll use all the ingredients to cook a mystery recipe together which is coming up very soon it's
0: day two of sunflower seed week
1: and we've got a great episode for you all today First up, everyone's favorite bilingual egg timer is back for a tricky round of trivia.
0: Then Chad's talking to an activist in Ask a Grown Up. And finally, Andrea is here to work on our kitchen skills in how-to time.
1: Let's get right to it today, Molly. To the theme!
2: Looks good. I bet it tastes good. A bunch of
1: casual cows and Chad. Mystery Recipe. Hey Molly! Do you know what today is?
0: Day two of Sunflower Seeds Week.
1: No, I mean yes, but not what I meant. It's Maggie's last regular episode with us this season.
0: Of course, how could I forget? Listeners, Maggie will of course be back next week for our grand finale cook-along. But this will be our last round of Tricky Trivia and How-To Time together.
1: Plus, this is your last round of Tricky Trivia and How-To Time as well, isn't it, Molly?
0: That's true, Mitzi. Listeners, in case you missed it, I announced in week six that this is going to be my last season as host of Mystery Recipe. I'll be moving on to a different job at a different company. I'm
1: going to miss you so much, Molly.
0: I'll miss you too, Mitzi.
1: I'm going to miss Maggie so much
2: too. What about me, Mitzi? Maggie, hi Maggie. Hi Mitzi. Hi Molly. Let's see. Here's my microphone. And testing, testing. Uno, dos, tres. Excelente. Maggie, Eggy is in the building. And I'm gonna miss you saying that.
1: Yeah. Maggie,
2: Molly, Molly, Maggie. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to miss you too, Mitzi. Molly, why do things have to change?
0: Well, we are starting off the episode with the big questions, huh?
2: Sorry.
1: I'm just feeling sad that this season is almost over.
0: Well, things change because that's how we grow, Mitzi.
1: Really? What do you mean?
0: If everything stayed the same all the time and nothing ever changed, then we would never grow and get better as people.
2: It's like school, Mitzi. If I stayed in first grade my whole life... I would never learn anything new. But since I kept going into a new grade every year, I could learn new things and continue to grow.
0: That's a good example, Maggie. Sometimes changes can be sad, and sometimes change can be scary, and that's totally normal and okay. But change is necessary. A lot of times changes have to happen.
1: I know. I know that you taking this new job is what's best for you, Molly, and I want what's best for you. And Maggie, I'm not sure what you're off to after this, but I'm sure that will be a great change too. Well, I'm actually going to go work
2: at a bakery. Really?
1: Ah, that's amazing.
2: Yeah, I just got the news this morning. They have a bunch of different ovens and need to keep track of many different batches of cookies at once. So, I'm going to put my egg timer skills to the ultimate test. I can't wait! Yeah, Meggie, I'm so happy to hear that.
0: Yeah, that's really fantastic, Meg, and well-deserved. I'm sure you'll be amazing.
1: Thank you! Hey, I'm just gonna go for a quick walk for a moment. I'll be
2: right back.
0: All right. You okay, Mitzi?
2: Yeah, I'm okay. I'll be back.
0: No problem. See you soon.
2: Huh... That wasn't very Mitzi-like behavior.
0: I know. I think she's feeling a little sad.
2: Should we go after her? Make sure she's okay?
0: I don't know, Meg. Sometimes when someone is feeling sad, they just want to be by themselves for a little bit. And that's perfectly all right. I'm thinking Mitzi might want some alone time, which is why she decided to go for a walk. We should probably give her some space.
2: Okay. That makes sense.
0: While we do that, how about we move on to our first segment?
2: Yes! It's time for Tricky Trivia!
0: Listeners, I'm going to give you and Meggy a fact about sunflower seeds, and she'll help you decide whether it's true or false. Meggy, are you ready to play?
2: You can count on me!
0: All right, here's your first one: true or false? Sunflowers are native to North America. So, Meg, what do you think? Are sunflowers native to North America?
2: Good one, Molly! Listeners, like we learned in the Sustainable Solution last week, a native plant is a plant that developed in a specific region over hundreds or thousands of years. So Molly's question is if sunflowers originally come from North America. North America includes land that is now often called Canada, the United States, and Mexico.
0: Great explanation, Meg.
2: Thanks! But even though I understand your question, I have no clue what the answer is. If I had to guess, I'm going to say false. Sunflowers are not native to North America.
0: Sorry, Meg. That one is true. Sunflowers are originally from North America, where they have been used by people for about 4,000 years. Their seeds and oil are food. They've been used to make body paints and to dye textiles or fabric, and their strong stalks have even been used as building materials. When European colonizers found the plant and brought it back to Europe, they used it mostly as a decorative plant.
2: Amazing! I can see why. Sunflowers are muy bonitas. Very pretty.
0: Ready for your next one? I'm ready! True or false? Sunflower seeds can be turned into a seed butter that you can use in place of peanut butter. So Meg, what do you think? Can sunflower seeds be used to make sunflower butter?
2: Aha! I definitely know the answer to this one. And I feel like some listeners might too. I know at my old school, and sometimes at other schools, you can't bring peanut butter because some people have really, really bad allergies to peanut butter. I personally love peanut butter. But I had friends who would get very sick if they ate it. So at school, instead of eating snacks with peanut butter, we eat sunflower seed butter. So that one is true, Molly. You can definitely use sunflower seeds to make a spread that's similar to peanut butter.
0: Correct. Great job, Meg. Sunflower butter is a real thing.
2: And it's actually really delicious. I love peanut butter but I really like trying sunflower butter too.
0: Okay, Meg, last question. True or false, the tallest sunflower ever grown was 50 feet tall. So Meg, what do you think? Was the tallest sunflower ever grown 50 feet tall?
2: Oh wow, I'm really not sure. Let's see. I know I heard in the scoop that most sunflowers grow to be six to 10 feet tall. But Steve was a mammoth sunflower, and he's 12 feet tall. So, they definitely can grow taller. Plus, he didn't say he was the tallest sunflower, but 50 feet is really tall. That's like stacking 95 mollies on top of each other.
0: That is tall, and 95, uh, Mies is an interesting measurement. You could also say it's generally the same height as a five-story building.
2: 95 mollies is a lot of mollies. Anyway, even though I think sunflowers can grow more than 12 feet tall, especially the tallest ever grown, I don't think one single sunflower can grow that tall. I'm going to say false.
0: Correct. The tallest sunflower ever grown in the world was grown in Germany. It was 30 feet 1 inch tall.
2: Wow, that's almost 60 mollies.
0: I guess so. And with that, nice job on tricky trivia today, Maggie. You have a great way of reasoning out the answers on these. It's been so fun working with you on this segment all season long.
2: Gracias, Molly. I've learned a ton as well. Thank you for being such a fun and tricky teacher. Maggie, I just caught the tail end of that, but I can
1: tell you really nailed it. As always. Thank you, Mitzi. Sounds like you might be feeling better. I am. I'm still sad that you're leaving, but I figured it'd be better to be here and enjoy the episode today than miss out on the whole thing because I'm sad that things are changing. So here I am.
0: Wow, that's great, Mitzi. That's a hard thing to understand. I'm really proud of you.
2: Yeah, and I'm really glad you're here. Me too. Oh, hey, Chad.
3: Hi, friends. Also, Maggie, can I just take a moment to thank you for being such an awesome intern this season?
2: Aw, thanks, Chad. I had a really awesome time here. It was a lot of fun.
3: We did, too. And do you know what else I had fun doing?
2: Talking to today's guest and Ask a Grown-Up?
3: That's right. You really have this show figured out by now, don't you, Meggie?
2: Well, while you do that, I actually have a bit of an idea. I'll be right back, friends.
0: See you soon then, Meggie, and excited to hear about Ask a Grown-Up Chad. But first, it's time for a quick word from our sponsors. Grown-Ups, these ads are for you.
3: Hey, Grown-Ups. Open a world of new taste with Kitchen Adventures, a monthly subscription of globally inspired recipes and activities for your young chef. Every month, try three to six kid-tested, kid-approved recipes from America's Test Kitchen Kids. And celebrate world foods with hands on activities from award winning children's brand Little Passports. Twist up the delicious flavors of Rome, Italy. Sample the mouth watering delights of El Paso, Texas. Tour the tastes of Punjab, India. And more. Play, cook, and connect with kitchen adventures. Order yours today at littlepassports.com.
4: Hey, grown-ups! When life happens, we all have a few go-tos that help to keep us rooted. Packing lunches, want a quick snack, or need something to brighten up your mood and your charcuterie board? Apples easily do it all. Honey Bear Brands developed an apple variety called Pizzazz that delivers flavor and crunch that bring joy to your taste buds and satisfaction to your snack cravings. Pizzazz apples are a delightful combination of both sweet and tart. Not only does this special apple deliver exceptional flavor, it's a good mood food. Apples like Pizzazz are packed with antioxidants that help fuel neurotransmitters in the brain that can boost your mood. For more information about Pizzazz apples, please visit PizzazzApple.com. P-A-Z-A-Z-Z-A-P-P-L-E dot com.
0: And we're back, and it's time for Ask a Grown-Up. Who are you talking to today, Chad?
3: Well, Molly, since it's Sunflower Seeds Week, I've been thinking a lot about planting seeds. Sunflowers are something we might plant today that will one day grow into a flower. They will grow into something beautiful in the future, which reminded me a lot of the work Isabel Morides Calderon is doing.
5: Hi, my name is Isabel Morides Calderon. Um, I'm 18 years old, and I advocate for the rights and the needs and the visibility of the disabled community.
3: Isabel is a disability rights activist, which means she stands up for the rights of the disabled community.
5: It means I let the general public, um, other people know about what a community might need, um, what they might need to live a better life, what they might need to have access to certain things and to have the same rights that everyone else enjoys.
3: Which is, unfortunately, still very important and necessary work.
5: We still need disability rights activists because disabled people, unfortunately today, still don't have equal rights to non-disabled people. I think that this is going to be an ongoing fight. And as long as disabled people exist in our world, we're going to forever need disability rights activists, especially because disabled people aren't the majority of the community.
3: What Isabel is saying here is that disabled people today often still don't have the same rights as people without a disability. I asked Isabel what types of rights she often fights for.
5: Some rights I generally advocate for is the right to have um, education, to have equal access, to go to school like everyone else does for a disabled community. Other rights I advocate for is to, the ability to access different buildings, to access different public spaces that we go to, different stores. Everything that non-disabled people are able to access, I try to advocate for so disabled people also
3: have access to them. That means disabled folks might not get what they need to participate in school or in the classroom, or they might not be able to physically get into buildings, enjoy public spaces like parks or beaches, or take public transportation like buses or trains, just because of the way these places are built or made. There might not be room or ramps for someone in a wheelchair, announcements for someone who is visually impaired, or signs for people who are deaf. Just to give a few examples,
5: it's oftentimes it's hard to know what someone else is experiencing. It's hard to know what their needs are when you aren't in that community themselves. So I think that having someone who is within the community, let other people know what's going on, allows other people to um, know what they can do to invite them to be more inclusive and to be more accessible.
3: I asked Isabel why she started doing this kind of work.
5: I think growing up with a disability, I I always thought that um anything, any issue I faced, anything that was unfair that I faced um, was my fault or my disability's fault. But over time, I learned that when people worked to make these things um, more fair for me, to address my needs, I could really do anything like anyone else. And it made me realize, why don't we just always make sure that things are fair for everyone? So realizing that made me try to work to make it so everyone knows these things. I also realized that so many people in my life didn't really know what it meant to be disabled. They often felt bad for me for being disabled, and I wanted them to know that they didn't have to feel bad for me. I was very happy, and I wanted them to know um, how the disabled community was, because I realized these weren't things I was learning at school. So I wanted to make sure that other people had this education.
3: There were also some things Isabel wanted our listeners to know about the disabled community.
5: I want kids to know that um, disabled people are just like them in so many ways. That disabled people can live amazing lives and can do so many things. And we shouldn't feel bad for disabled people. And we shouldn't um, lower our expectations um, for what disabled people can do. They can do things just like them. They just might have to do things a little bit differently. And I think that we should listen to disabled people when they are saying that they need something.
3: It is Sunflower Seeds Week, and we know that seeds are something we plant in order to create something beautiful in the future, which is very similar to what activists do, putting in work now in order to make a better tomorrow. But just like when planting flowers, creating this type of change doesn't happen overnight. It will take time for these flowers to grow.
5: Yeah, I think that's so important. I think that oftentimes we think that the change we're making is going to happen tomorrow and like literally tomorrow. And I don't expect to wake up the next day and for everything to be changed. But I do think that with time, change will happen. And I think one of the biggest seeds I'm planting that will have a long-term improvement is in, within education. I think that talking to um, young people, to um, working with teachers who are going to be teaching young people and working with parents who are going to be talking to their kids about disability is going to be the biggest change. Because I think that if kids n- know about disability rights, if kids know about inclusion, and if disabled kids know about their own rights, then when they grow up, that there will be the next advocates and they will be the next people creating a better future.
3: So let's all go plant some seeds. Grown ups, if you want to learn more about Isabel and her work, you can find her on TikTok and Instagram at Powerfully Back to you, Molly. Thanks, Chad. No problem. All right, I'll see you both next time.
2: Sounds like a plan, Andrea?
3: It's a plan, Maggie. Oh, sorry, friends. Didn't mean to interrupt whatever secret plan is happening here. <laughs>
2: That's okay, Chad.
6: Don't worry about it. Here's a little secret note for you. Act casual.
3: Secret note? I... Act casual. Okay. Let me just casually read this here. And wow! Cool! Smart! Cute! Oh, my God. I love it. Casual! Right, right. Sorry. I mean, meh. It's okay.
2: What is okay? Don't worry about it, Mitzi. Don't you have to go do something now, Chad?
3: Casually? Sure. Fine, I guess. Okay, bye.
6: That was smooth.
2: So subtle. But anyways, hello, Andrea.
0: Hey, Andrea. Andrea is an associate editor here at America's Test Kitchen Kids. That means she works on developing recipes and experiments for our cookbooks and websites.
1: You can find out more about all that fun stuff by going to ATKKids.com!
6: We want you to practice your cooking techniques while you're our intern. So every week, I'm going to teach you something new to up your arsenal of kitchen skills. Ready for our last lesson of the season?
4: You
2: can count on me!
6: Okay! For Sunflower Seed Week, I'm going to teach you and our listeners at home how to toast seeds and nuts. You know
2: what, Andrea? Andrea? I've always wondered something. What's that, Maggie? Why do we toast nuts and seeds? Do they need to be cooked? No, wait, that can't be right, because I've definitely eaten peanuts right out of the shell.
6: You're right, Maggie. Nuts and seeds can be eaten raw. They don't need to be cooked. But toasting them makes them more flavorful. Spending a few minutes toasting them is worth the effort because you can really taste the difference, like we discovered in our Walnut Week Pressing Questions experiment.
2: Who would have thought that you could turn up the flavors on seeds and nuts by toasting them a little? Can we try it out? What's the best way to do it?
6: Do you have any ideas of how we might
2: toast them? Let me think. Sometimes I toast bread in a skillet when I'm making breakfast. Would a skillet work? Great guess,
6: Meggie. Toasting in a skillet is one of the two best ways to toast nuts and seeds. All right, nailed it. I have a skillet and some sunflower seeds here. Do you wanna try toasting them? You know it. I have a 10 inch skillet and a quarter cup of seeds. You can use a smaller skillet if you're toasting fewer nuts. Just be sure there's enough room in the skillet to stir. We don't want nuts and seeds spilling out the sides.
2: Nope, we don't want to make a mess. Okay,
6: what do I do? Seeds are small and they cook pretty quickly. We're gonna toast our seeds over low heat so they don't scorch or burn.
2: Check. Do we need to put anything in the pan first, like oil or butter?
6: Nope, we're gonna toast our seeds dry in an empty skillet. You can use this rubber spatula to stir them around.
2: Okay, sounds good. Let me just put these seeds into the pan, check, and turn the heat to low, check.
6: Great job, Meggie. Now, we want to keep stirring them. And listeners, we're looking for the seeds to turn golden brown. Even at low heat, they can go from golden to burnt very quickly, so we don't want to get distracted.
2: No problem. Other than the seeds turning brown, is there another way to tell they are done? I would have a hard time seeing that. Of course. When they're getting close
6: to ready, you should be able to smell them as well. They have a nice, toasty, nutty smell when they're done. Depending on the type of nuts or seeds you're toasting, it could take anywhere from five to eight minutes for them to be toasted and golden and start smelling really good.
2: Sounds good. I'll use my nose to nose when they are done.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Nice one, Maggie.
2: Thank you, thank you. You think we could get a little magic fast-forward action in here while we wait? Oh,
6: I'm sure that can be arranged. (laughs)
2: Mmm, the seeds are smelling really good. I think they're about
6: done. Great job, Maggie, they are. They're a nice golden brown color, too. Let's turn the stove off, and I can help you transfer those seeds to a small bowl so they don't keep cooking in the hot pan.
2: Awesome! That was easy. Andrea, you said there were two ways of toasting nuts and seeds. What's the other one?
6: I'm so glad you asked. The other method for toasting nuts and seeds is by using the oven.
2: I should have guessed. I've also used the oven to toast bread before.
6: To toast nuts or seeds in the oven, spread them in an even layer on a rimmed baking sheet and toast them in a 350-degree oven until they're golden brown about 10 to 12 minutes depending on the type of nuts or seeds you're toasting. You can use your sense of smell for that one too, Maggie.
2: Wow. Thanks, Andrea. What a great lesson. I got two techniques for the price of one. I love to teach you, my friend.
6: See you next week for the big finale. Well, I'll actually see you in just a... Casual.
1: Oh, right. Yep. See you next week.
2: I have a feeling something is going on here. Why would you say that, Mitzi? We're just a bunch of casual gals. And Chad, being casual. Uh Uh-huh. Hey, speaking of being casual, I just found out we can go up and hang out on the roof. Oh, yeah. Did I not take you there before, Maggie? Not yet. We're just about out of time for today's episode. What do you say we head up there and get some fresh air? Sounds good to me. Perfect. I'm just going to casually bring this microphone. Are you coming, Molly?
0: Of course I am.
2: All right. We are in the elevator and going up. How did you know which button was the roof, Peggy? Oh, well, all the buttons on the elevator have Braille underneath them. Ah, That's so cool.
0: Braille listeners is a system of raised dots that can be read with the fingers by people who are blind or who are visually impaired. It uses raised dots or bumps that you can feel arranged in different ways to represent letters, numbers, and symbols, like an exclamation point. You'll see Braille on public signs all over the place. It's a great way for blind and visually impaired folks to read with their hands.
2: That's right. Oh, here we are.
1: I haven't been up to the roof in a minute, I... Surprise! Surprise! Yeah! What? Chad, Andrea, Oliver, and Oliver's lady friend,
2: Martina, and their baby, Pip. Gah! Why is everyone here? Well, Mitzi, we saw how sad you were that the season was ending and that we were going to leave the show. And so, we decided to throw you a we're going away party. That's right.
6: Normally, we'd throw a party for the person going away, but Meggie felt like she wanted to throw a party for you instead.
2: Really? Meggie, that is so nice. Well, you are so nice, Mitzi. You have taught me so much about cooking and podcasting and being brave and having feelings. And so we wanted to make space for how you are feeling and celebrate you today.
0: What a great idea, everyone. There are lots of changes happening at Mystery Recipe, and it makes sense to have lots of feelings about them. But, Mitzi, you are such an important part of the show. I think it's great we get together to celebrate you.
1: Well, that's part of why I've been feeling so sad, I think, Bolly. What do you mean? Well, you and Meg are moving on and changing. And change makes you grow. But I'm not going anywhere. I'm not changing. I'm going to stay here and keep making the show. Does that mean I'm doing something wrong? Should I be changing and growing too?
0: I hear what you're saying, Mitzi. But the tricky thing about change is that it happens on its own time. Not everyone changes at the same time and grows together. It's so important that you're going to stay here and keep working on the show next season.
3: Right. And I'll be right here working on it with you.
0: Yeah, I will
3: too. It's going to be change enough to not have Molly next season and to have another brand new intern. Those changes will help us grow, too.
1: Are you sure?
3: I'm sure, Mitzi. So let's get to celebrating. We are going to throw you the best We're Going Away party you've ever had.
1: I am sure you will. It's also the only We're Going Away party I've ever had. Thanks, friends. This really does mean a lot. I love you guys.
0: We love you too, Mitzi. Yeah,
2: we love you too. Besides, I'm not going anywhere yet, Mitzi. I'll be back next week for our grand finale cook-along, which, can I tell you listeners, is going to be so much fun.
0: I am so excited, Meg. All right, before we get this party started, it's time to close out today's episode. Listeners, we'll be back with another episode next time. We're going to get a bit buttery in our pressing question segment, followed by something gigantic in our wildcard.
1: And remember, at the end of the season, we'll be using all of our ingredients in a very special mystery recipe to cook together, which is happening next week. Can you guess what it is? You can go listen to our bonus mystery recipe reveal and shopping list episode to find out, if you don't already know.
0: If you love Mystery Recipe, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That way you won't miss an episode. And feel free to leave us a review. We love reading them. Until then, keep, keep on, on cooking. cooking.
1: Mystery Recipe is hosted by me, Bitsy, and I am a starfruit, and Molly Birdbaum, who is a honey crisp apple. Chad Chennai is a writer and producer. He is a kumquat. Andrea Vovjin is a Kanepa. and Katie O'Hara is a lemon. And they are both contributing writers on our show. Audio services are provided by Ultraviolet Audio, with sound design supervision by Matt Boynton. He's a nectarine. Scoring, sound design, and mixing by Chester Gwasta, a banana, and additional engineering by Eric Gorman, a raspberry. Jonathan Roberts composed our theme music, and Jonathan is a mangosteen. Our director of post-production is Hen Margolis. She is a pomegranate. Our director of production is Diane Knox, who's also a dragon fruit. Fact-checking by Julia Arwin, A watermelon. Our executive producer is Caitlin Kelleher, and she's a blueberry. Jack Bishop is the chief creative officer of America's Test Kitchen. He's a mango. David Nussbaum is our CEO, and he's also a raspberry. Special thanks to our senior science editor, Paul Adams, executive editor, Kristen Sargiannis, executive food editor, Susanna McFerrin, art director, Gabby Hamanoff, deputy food editor, Afton Cyrus, Associate Editors, Andrea Vavshin, Katie O'Hara and Tess Berger, Editorial Assistant, Julia Arwin, Photo Test Cook, Ashley Stoyanov, Test Cook, Faye Yang, and Managing Producer, Yumi Araki. This episode featured the voices of Kira O'Sullivan and Nefertiti Matos Olivares. Thanks again to our sponsors, Driscoll's and Honey Bear's Pizzazz Apples mystery recipe is a production of America's Test Kitchen Kids.
2: Okay, so for snacks, we have see-you-later cupcakes. Yeah, they are so cute.
6: And some celery to dip into this Miss you
2: already.
1: Ugh, is hummus going to make me cry? Won't be the first time.
2: Pigs in a weighted blanket. Those help with anxiety. And deviled
1: eggs. No pun needed for those. Two please.
0: Hi grown-ups! I wanted to tell you a little bit about our newsletter. If you love the fun food content we share on Mystery Recipe, then sign up today for our ATK Kids newsletter to receive even more recipes, activities, and stories from me, straight to your inbox. As a mom of two, I always try to include things that are important to my family, and it's a great way to hear about all the new things we are cooking up at ATK. Plus, every new email added will be entered for a chance to win three free ATK Kids books for toddlers through teens. We'll draw 10 winners every month while the promotion lasts, and we have some great books available all the time. Head to atkkids.com newsletter to sign up today for your chance to win. Thank you.